We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2021 NFL NFL Draft, sorry, Prop Bets. And a lot of people have been piling up these prop bets over the last three months, but we're not here concerned about how many bets you made two months ago, because, you know, what if you haven't made any? Do you still want to make some? And the answer is yes, that's why you're tuning into this show. So we'll see if we can steer you down the right direction in that regard. Joining me on the line... Right now, to break down some of these NFL draft props, he is one of those people who has been accumulating an entire portfolio over the past two or three months. He has over 60 prop bets in on this already. It's Elliot Chris from FTN Daily, FTN Bets, and FTNNetwork.com. Go subscribe over there right now to the draft package or the full NFL package. Use code MAYO and get yourself a discount. Elliot, what's going on, my man? What's going on, Pat? I'm pumped to be back. It's uh, It's been a while since we got to talk football, and this is... Uh, an untraditional way to do it, but draft props and, and the way the market moves and all that kind of stuff, there's a lot of money-making opportunities, so pumped to be on. Well, I'm hoping to get this show out not necessarily as soon as possible, but you know, within 24 hours, so hopefully not much has moved in the market. If you are out there watching right now, please so smash the like button to the episode. Give me your favorite NFL draft prop that is currently available not one that you bet three months ago one that is available right now potentially on dk sportsbook uh in the comment section maybe i'll just you know, blindly tail some of you down in the comment section i'd like to hear what you guys have to say sub to mayo media network as well i've already done running back profiles wide receiver profiles jeff ratcliffe was on last week for an entire draft breakdown we have a mock draft coming out so a ton of nfl draft content if you're looking for it tell a few friends all right hit me with one hit me with a draft prop right now i, I want to bet one well, wow, right now, let's let's start off. Let's have some fun. J.C. Horn, first defender drafted plus 700 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, I don't this will not close at plus 700 uh, right now. He's already dropped the plus 175 to be the first corner yet. Hit, and so the, the two guys ahead of him right now are Pay and Parsons. 
yet he's favored to go ahead of both these players. He's a six foot one lockdown press man corner with sub four four speed. Those kind of guys don't fall in the draft. There's a lot of corner needy teams from as high as eight to the Panthers, nine to the Broncos, uh, 10 to the Cowboys, Giants, Eagles, Chargers, all very much said to be in on him, along with the Cardinals potentially moving up. So uh, I really think that he's got a very good chance. I think it's closer to 50-50 for him and Sir, him or Sertan to be the first defender off the board. And at plus 700, that's just a stale line and a great opportunity to get some positive expected value. All right, so there we go. I mean, you can't. I can't pay my mortgage on great line value, though, Elliot. I need to win a few of these. I got you. Listen, we're gonna have we're gonna have enough above plus seven hundred on this show where we can talk about needing to just hit one or two to 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 pay off your mortgage. Yeah, I mean, I assume that people are watching a draw draft prop show and they understand the betting market. But if you don't, plus seven hundred means you wager one hundred dollars, you win seven hundred dollars on said bet. So you don't need to win them all. If you just win one of them and you make fewer than seven bets, you're gonna come out away. With money. That's how I actually kind of saved myself last year. I had Henry Ruggs, first wide receiver drafted at like plus 400, whatever it was. And it just, it made up for all the rest of the losers that I had on the board. Yeah, those those bets can can pay off in a huge way really quickly, right? Because, I mean, if that hits, you're going to need seven minus 110 bets to hit the payoff for the equivalent of that. So those long shots are huge. And this isn't exactly like the Jets playing the Chiefs is plus 700 for the Jets. This is, it's not the same type of probability here. So you're embracing the variance that is the NFL draft. Yeah. Well, the toughest thing about the draft, and we're going to go over this on the mock draft show, and we're going to try to draft from the perspective of what the GMs do is that some of these GMs uh, make really terrible decisions. Yeah. It's, it's a very similar to DFS where they talk about the assumption of rational coaching the assumption of rational decision-making and logic and thinking that all GMs are up to date on analytics and understand the value of trading down or uh, understand the value of positions can get you into trouble, right? So you might not think running back should ever go in the first round, but that's not really relevant. Your opinion on players or how teams should do things isn't really relevant when you're betting the market. Uh, you want to really understand team tendencies and, and coaching staffs and what they're looking for uh, before you just start making wild assumptions that they're going to be logical. Well, if you do win some of these plus 700 or even 10 to 1 bets, I think that you are officially in the market for a new camera. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I don't even know how to respond to that. That's not where I thought we were going to go with it. But I got you. If J.C. Horn's first defender, Pat, you send me the camera and I'll buy it. Yeah, I I will make the bet. I I will make the bet on J.C. Great Horn. That's a great nickname, too. Plus 700. Uh, I will I will send you a wider screen camera so we can fit all of you into the frame instead of it makes you look like you're a bobblehead. <laughs> well, honestly, there also needs to be less in me in the frame too, so it's a it's a it's a double edged sword. Uh, but you know, a little motivation to lose some weight and get a wider screen camera. So I, I got you. Uh, I think the horn thing's going to pay off, and and next time I'll I'll uh, I'll look a little better on camera. Well, I like this though. It doesn't matter how you look on camera. As long as this JC Horn prop ends up hitting a plus 700, all is forgiven on that with the expectation that it's going to be like quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Don't really know what's going to happen at number four. Maybe Atlanta trades. Maybe they take a quarterback. Who, what do you think Atlanta's going to do with that pick? I think it's going to be Kyle Pitts. Um, I think the, the best way to bet him is not the under five and a half. Cause I don't think the Bengals are really in play. It, like that's, 
that doesn't really make sense to pay minus 138 when you can get Falcons to take a tight end at plus 150 on DraftKings Sportsbook. So that's the way I would play Pitts because I think it's four or bust for him in the top five. Uh, ultimately, I do think they go that direction. I don't have a ton of confidence in betting it, though. So that if I had to bet it, I would want plus money. There's so many dominoes that can fall in that top four specifically. I think the Bengals are getting more and more locked in on, on Chase, potentially so, but I, I think based on who I've talked to, it's going to be Chase. Um, I, I think that betting on some of that top four stuff, there's just so much variance that, and so few outs that I'd rather really look at the value a few picks down. Well, two things just to follow up on that. One, where can people find all the bets you're posting for this stuff? Like, where's the easiest place to track that? Uh, FTNbets.com. We have our NFL bet tracker. You know, it's got everything. It's got all my reasonings. It's got when I put stuff in for different odds. I try to explain where the lines might move and, and how you can bet them. And I've also got about 10 pieces of free content up at FTN bets on, on all these picks and reasonings and, and when I bet them and how to bet them and where they're good to. So I tried to provide as much information as I can on every single bet. So FTNbets.com, use code Mayo, get yourself a discount off that package, by the way. But the other interesting thing that you hit on is you can take pits under four and a half in terms of where he is selected. But if you just draft him, you know, when, when does a tight end end up going? You can get better odds. How often do you see stuff like this where they will put like an individual player prop for the draft up, but there's a coinciding prop that is exactly the same thing that is just much better odds? All the time like very frequently, like Jamar Chase under five and a half right now is minus 112, but Chase to the Bengals is, um, I think, plus 150 right now. So it's one of those situations where he's not going one, two, three, or four. <laughs> so if he goes under five, why not get the plus 150? I mean, we I just mentioned Horn earlier. He's minus 167 to go ahead of Parsons. Yet Parsons is listed as plus 300 to be the first defender and Horns plus 700. I feel like sometimes the market moves because they have so many different opportunities on one section of a bet, but they leave others behind. So it, it gets really interesting in ways to do that kind of stuff as well. Uh, is there an easy way to go scan through these? Or are you just you know, clicking on each one and just being like, okay, let's see what the market is here. Now I want to go look at the comparison or relevant information to these specific odds in this other section on like DraftKings Sportsbook and see what pops up there. Or is there like a much easier way to track this? I mean, uh, prop, our prop shop tool is probably the, the best tool for um, props in general over on FTN bets. But unfortunately, we don't actually have the draft props because the it's a whole API thing. It's a bigger conversation. But I, I really do compare the odds all the time. And I've been tracking this stuff for about three months. So it's 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 all in here um, at this point, which is probably not the most efficient system in the world. But it's, we're kind of stuck with draft props with uh, um, the issues that so many websites have had adjusting to the APIs. So, um, but the great thing about DraftKings is they've really organized uh, the way they list out all the props and you, you can kind of get used to the different sections and know where to look for different things. So, and they're constantly adding new props. I think uh, between the time you sent me the, the link to join the, the show and, the, and now they've added three new over-unders for different players. So it's, there's going to be so many new markets between now and the draft as well. Well, that's good to know. Just trying to think of what I really want to get in on. So you have J.C. Horn plus 700. What's another one that I should be looking at? Uh, J.C. Horn under 13 and a half is now gone. It's now 12 and a half. I still think there's value there. Uh, Matt, uh, Mika Parsons is now over uh, 13 and a half. I got that at 11 and a half. But as you said at the beginning of the show, no one cares if they haven't already bet it. 
I've I've heard uh, the the off field stuff is a huge concern. Teams view him as a better athlete than he is a cover guy. He plays a non premium position, and there's serious off field concerns. And you start looking at that top thirteen. And there's not many out. So I still really like his over uh, 13 and a half. Uh, Tevin Jenkins is an offensive tackle, not a fun name to talk about, but winning tickets is a lot of fun. His line is dropped from 25 and a half to 24 and a half. Still a lot of value there. Offensive linemen typically don't fall. It looks like Vera Tucker, Dara Shaw, Slater, and Sewell are all going to go top 14, which pushes these guys up. After pick 17, the Raiders, Washington, uh, Colts and Bears are all favored to take an offensive lineman, and Tevin Jenkins is the next guy on the board. So there's a lot of outs there, and you don't even get the Dolphins because their only odds are for their first pick, not their second pick, and they're 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 really looking heavily at offensive line there too. So a guy that hasn't given up a sack in two years, a lot of value there. Um, I mean, there's, there's there's so many draft props that we can talk about. Um, I think Rashad Bateman is a really interesting one on DraftKings Sportsbook. I grabbed him minus 167 to go in the first round. And he's minus, uh, on other books, he's 26 and a half. Uh, but those final six picks are really valuable for me. I think he's a near lock. I'm about as an 80% probability to go in the first round. And minus 167 is a 62% implied probability. So I think there's a lot of value there. And then you look at teams like the Packers, Ravens, Saints, and um, Chiefs, and they all have an implied probability of 25% or greater based on the odds to go wide receiver at the end there. So getting the, that that value, I think, is is really valuable and, and worth buying those extra six picks. Yeah, you don't think that we should try to get greedy and get an even money here or just one with slightly less juice that the 167 is probably the move? Yeah, I, I mean, that's one of the things about the draft is every position is very valuable, right? Um, and he's just got four. If, if you give me four more outs for, you know, paying 50 more on the juice, I think it's 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 a really good value. I also think his major advantage is that he's an X receiver, he's an outside receiver, and he's competing with a lot of slot guys. So I think he'll be kind of viewed in his own. Um, I always try to find ways to get obviously the best possible odds, but I, I think that Bateman's actually a guy that, that's worth paying a little bit more just to kind of lock and load that profit. How do you imagine the top ten is going to go in terms of picks? Like, is there a chance where you know, there's what five quarterbacks that are potentially on the table? But what's the over under for quarterbacks in the first round? Uh, five and a half right now, um, but it's because five are going potentially top ten, like you said, right? Uh, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, uh, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance in no particular order. I mean, Trevor Lance, uh, Trevor Lawrence, and Zach Wilson are going one, two, but three we don't really know about. Um, I've seen a lot of people, people love doing this. We do this every year, Pat, and it drives me nuts. It's the, oh, Kellen Mond might go in round one or Kyle Trask might go in round one. Davis Mills might go in round one. Like we did this with Davis Webb. We did it with Bryce Petty. We did it with um, basically every year agents are trying to pump their quarterback into the first round. Meanwhile, Trask is plus 800, Mond's plus 1600, and Mills is plus 1700 to go in round one. So yes, you're laying pretty heavy juice at minus 450 on the over or in the under for five and a half quarterbacks. But, you know, there's really a very, very small percentage chance that over five and a half quarterbacks go. So you don't hate laying that kind of number, but the odds are still really in your favor. 
They are in your favor, but I do think that there's something to one of these teams in the second round, or even someone like a Chicago, what do they pick at number 20, that they could potentially trade back down knowing that no one else is taking the quarterback in that spot. I have no idea what Chicago is going to do. Maybe there's other, maybe if Denver doesn't take a quarterback in the first round, that they could trade back into the first round, because that would actually be a valuable move, getting that fifth year option for the team, which we've seen. Remember when uh, the, the Ravens traded into the first round to get that extra year on Lamar Jackson to make sure that they ended up getting him like things like that I think logically make a lot of sense I don't know if that's ever going to come to fruition like I said but if you know that five are going to go even if you just sprinkled a little bit on the three quarterbacks you think could end up going instead of betting the over or betting the under take the 17 to one take the 15 to one that actually seems like a reasonable bet to me yeah I would much rather bet Kellen Mons at 17 to one than over three and a half quarterbacks um I mean, all these guys' prop lines, too, are high into the 60s uh, or the 70s. I think that first-round thing with the quarterback getting the fifth-year option is a narrative that we've pushed a lot of years, and outside of Lamar Jackson, hasn't really happened. Um, Lamar was also— uh, Elliot, I recall a team trading into the first round to select Tim Tebow. <laughs> there you go. with the how, how do we start the show that you can't assume that NFL teams won't do dumb things? Yeah. Um. So I guess— there, there you go. But I also, I think Lamar Jackson was a very different level prospect than the guys we're talking about. Uh, Jacob Eason was someone that got a lot of hype to do the same thing. They actually put his line at 41 and a half. And then he ended up going in the fourth round. So uh, I, I think history is on my side a little bit there. Um, let me give you another bet that I, I like. Asante Samuel Jr. Under 40. There are a lot of juniors in this house, uh, this this draft, right? Sertan's kid, JC, uh, Joe Horn's kid. Uh, Sante Samuel's kid. Uh, he, meanwhile, Frank Gore is still in the NFL. But <laughs> Samuel is 41 and a half. He's basically met with every single team at the back half of the first round. And teams are very worried about Ke- Caleb Farley's back. I think he's got a real good shot to go in the first round. He's only plus 110 to go there on DraftKings. And yet his line is 41 and a half. So I think the under there is really, really valuable. What, what position is Asante Samuel Jr.? Uh, cornerback. Okay. So valuable position. Yep. Valuable position, um, has, uh, elite analytics, a very good athlete. Um, and it's over under four and a half corners right now to go in the first round with the over, uh, being juiced and he's considered quarterback corner four or five, depending on who you ask. So I think there's a lot of value in that number at 41 and a half. So 41 and a half, the under, what's the juice on the under to that? Uh, minus 112. Minus 112. And to bet him to go in the first round is plus 110. Yeah, so it is not it is not worth selling nine spots. So betting the under is the better move. Yeah, I mean, I I think pretty heavily. Um, he can absolutely go in the first round, but I'm not selling nine picks to go from minus one twelve to plus one ten. When you look at these things, I, I think that's a very interesting way to look at it and trying not to get too greedy. Just try to get winners. Don't try to get too. I'm the king of trying to get greedy with these picks. It's like playing a parlay, like. Parlays only exist for pure, pure greed. They're never really sensible plays unless you know there's one that is just so completely mispriced you want to juice up other things along with it. And rarely anymore does that actually ever happen. Do you ever try to project in what you think these teams are going to do? Because I saw a major mock draft having Washington taking a running back in the first round. I was like, that makes no sense whatsoever. But at the same time, like, you know, I could see it happening. Uh, I don't think it's very logical, but if Washington did that, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, Washington. They're just doing Washington things. And of course they took a running back at number 19 overall. But 
What, what do you think about projecting onto teams what you think they may do? Because that's what I did with Oakland last year with the Rugs, because like R- Rugs is a quintessential Raiders pick. They're going to take him. And it worked out because you know you have a sense of what that organization likes to do. Do you put any thought into that? Uh, yes and no. Also, great call on parlays. I mean, books made about 13% return last year on parlays, but you know, 6% or less across all the major sports. So it says that books want you to do parlays for a reason. In terms of uh, Washington taking a running back in 19, one of the issues we have with mock drafts and industry mock drafts is you have to understand what they're trying to do with it, right? Like ESPN might have Mel Kuyper do a, a draft and then they spend the entire show debating it. And he's trying to have some hot take things in there to make good for good television. A lot of these guys' mocks aren't trying to be as accurate as possible until the last one. There's actually a website called NFLMockDraftDatabase.com, which takes every draft from all the uh, uh, around the industry and gives you like consensus big boards. It gives you percentage of time that uh, teams are going certain players, certain positions, and it gives you some data points around these guys. Uh, so that I think that's a pretty helpful one. You can also understand like who's in the no on certain teams. Uh, so so something like rugs makes a lot of sense. But Washington running back at 19, to me, that's a guy that literally wanted to do a draft so that people would click on it and talk about it. And it worked, right? But it doesn't necessarily mean it has any predictive value. Do we expect any running backs to go in round one? Yes, we do. Right now, I think it's over one and a half is minus 225. Najee Harris, uh, his line is now 29 and a half. He's heavily um, talked about to Pittsburgh at 24 and a half. Apparently, Miami is in consideration at 18, though I'd be very surprised if they go that direction. ETN is has dropped all the way from 36 to um, 33 and a half. So he's a fringe guy as well. And Javante Williams right now is 42 and a half. I really think there's a massive tier drop off. So those guys have an opportunity to be late first, early second round picks. Right now, I would anticipate that um, at least Najee Harris goes in round one. I could see there being, no, I, I bet no running backs last year in the draft. And I was feeling very good about myself until the very last pick. Uh, that was not great. But if Pittsburgh doesn't take a running back, which they're a pretty sensible organization for the most part, especially when it comes to the draft, that I, I can see them not doing it, knowing that they can take a guy in like the third round that can be like, you know, he's like 92% as good as a guy we could have spent in the first, but now we can beef up our O-line, our D-line. Like, um, you know, they could end up taking like an edge rusher or someone who can pressure the quarterback after losing some guys in the off season that I feel like they know how to value these people. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but you know, running back in the first round, it's got, the guy has to be so good. And I just don't know if you want to roll the dice like that. I mean, I'm with you that the Steelers shouldn't do it, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they won't do it, right? They did use a first-round pick on Rashad Mendenhall a little while ago. They they used a second-round pick on Le'Veon Bell, which is still pretty valuable. Uh, they have moved from plus 225 to plus 160 uh, to draft a running back, and per the odds, are the most likely team. But, like, I'm not betting Najee Harris goes to the Steelers, and plus 160 to me seems like a fool's errand for the 24th overall pick in the draft. I, I do think ultimately some team is going to take him, uh, but I don't necessarily know which one it is, which is why you want, I would much rather do the 29 and a half at minus 112 and have a lot more outs than Pittsburgh takes a running back at plus 160. I'm just trying to figure out the teams that need a running back, or at least they think that they need a running back at this point. Like, I don't know if Miami actually does like, I don't use Miles Gaskin. He was fine. Uh, use your collection of four guys who all have these different roles and don't pay them anything. That seems far more logical than doing this. And then you have Pittsburgh. And maybe your mighty Jets, maybe they're in the market for a running back. 
Yeah, I really hope the Jets don't take one at 23. I agree with you on Miami. I think the only way that they would take a guy like Harris in the first round is if they traded back and then they felt they picked up enough draft draft capital where they, they could make it work because they're, they're very heavy into the analytics. So um, I, I don't see Harris as a real consideration in 18. Again, this is one of those situations where what do I think happens and what would I do? Because I don't think I would use a first-round pick on a running back this year either. I heard the Bills are rumored to take a running back, which makes absolutely no sense to me, especially because they have proven themselves to be a smart organization when it comes to draft capital over the past three years or so. And you know, they used a running back pick, I think, each of the last two years in the third round on a running back. I think that's the path that they actually just want to take. Yeah, I mean, Singletary isn't very good. Uh, Zach Moss was meh. I don't really understand what the Bills are going to do because they're they're in a pretty good position. They've got a, a really good roster. So I guess they could technically afford to take a non-premium guy, but I, I don't see them taking a running back. One thing that I've heard that's crazy, and you're going to say that's stupid. Um, it's not going to happen. But I heard the Bucks are very high on a running back uh, at 32 overall, despite the fact that they have Fournette and Ronald Jones and just side Giovanni Bernard. So I'm not saying that it's going to happen, but I've heard from a couple people that they they have their eye on a running back and it could legit happen. Well, when it comes from a cap perspective and try to team build on these certain things, I was trying to, because we just applied the logic of, hey, if you trade into the first round and you get this quarterback for five years, that's super valuable. Does it make sense to apply the same logic to running back at the back end of the first round? Because realistically, do you want any of these guys past five years? No. I don't think the second contract running backs is has yet to work. Basically. I don't even know if you really want them that much past four years. Cause the fifth year option is, is always, you know, a lot more expensive than the going market rate for a running back. If I was an NFL team, I'd be looking in the third or fourth round every four years to, to have my new running back and kind of leave, leave it at that. But that there are a lot of old school people in the NFL, right? There's a lot of 60 plus year old guys who, who run these teams that are very old school football you win by running the ball in defense no matter how much math tells them they're wrong all right well you got any more prop bets before you get out of here yeah so listen uh we're trying to pay off a mortgage right so another one i like is the tennessee titans to draft a defensive lineman with their first pick uh that's that was placed on plus 800 it's now plus 600 still really good value though you look at uh i mentioned nfl mock draft database before (laughs) Their three most drafted players all play defensive line. Uh, they were 31st in pressure rate last year, fourth worst in the NFL in sack rate. They did add Bud Dupree, but they lost to Davion Clowney. Guys like Aziz Ojolari, uh, Jalen Phillips, and Gregory Rousseau all have numbers very similar uh, to their 22 spot. So I think that's a line that that's off. Uh, the New York Jets, you know, my, my beloved, in quotes, New York Jets, have no interior offensive line what to speak of. Uh, Their right tackle is a very replacement-level player, and Joe Douglas is a guy who's made his entire career investing in the trenches. They're currently plus 400 to go offensive line, and I think it'll be an offensive lineman or corner based on everyone I've talked to. Um, So I think at plus 400, there's real value there. Um, I think – let me see. I've got so many of these things I don't want to miss any. Aziz Ojolari under 26.5 I think is a really good bet. Um, and then Greg Newsom is another one that's 24 and a half corner out of Northwestern. I think he ends up as a third corner off the board. I don't even mind betting him at plus 120 to go ahead of Caleb Farley. Really? 
I've, Caleb Farley's back issues apparently are are very scary. I mean, he opened up draft season as a guy that was favored to be the first corner off the board. Now he's 20 to one to be the first corner off the board uh, and has a prop of 21 and a half, 22 and a half other places and the over is already juiced. Newsom's line has dropped from 25 and a half to 24 and a half. I think it's a lot closer than people think. And there's, there's legit value in that number at plus 120. All right. What do you want the Jets to do? How, how are you feeling about uh, the guy that we've now dubbed Sack Wilson? Um, I, I'm a little worried about what Tim wants the Jets to do because I feel like we should do the opposite of that. But well, what if, um, what, what, what if I told you that the moment that I get off the line with you, I'm calling Tim so he can break down the Jets draft for me? I'm I'm jealous and excited for you. Um, <laughs> I, I hope that you he sends some texts and we get to see him on social media. But I think Zach, I mean, Zach Wilson is definitely going to be the play. I would take Justin Fields, but um, they're not going to do that. I think Zach Wilson's arm talent is is next level. There's there's few prospects that can compete with it. And that's why he's going to be the second overall pick. He does struggle a little bit of pressure and really that that interior pressure that allows him to uh, kind of improvise is so important, which is why I think the Jets – need to use 23 and 34 on building an offensive line because what I think they have the third lowest win total in football next year. They're not winning any games. So getting a defensive lineman or a corner makes no sense, right? Like who cares if you give up 35 points a game or 29 points a game, you're not going to win games anyway. You might as well just put as many pieces around protecting Wilson and giving him weapons as possible. So I really hope that if I were the Jets, I wouldn't even take a single defensive player in this draft, but I really hope that 23 and 34 are focused around getting him the protection and weapons he needs. I think that there's a case to be made that if an edge rusher is there, that they are just as valuable as O-linemen. There is, but when you have Quinn and Williams, Carl Lawson, you sign Sheldon Rankins, and then your other two defensive ends are both really stout in the run game. Uh, and a, a, like John Franklin Myers is a, is a, is a above replacement level player. I don't necessarily think you have to have a fourth when – you know, it's one of those team building philosophies of mine is that like if you, if you don't, the Jets have never given their young quarterback the protection and the weapons he needed to succeed. And they continue to wonder why they have no chance to succeed. So I'd really like for that pattern to change. Well, I mean, did Sam Darnold ever have a chance to succeed despite being no good? I mean, that's a problem. Well, I mean, that certainly doesn't help. Uh, Adam Gase and a horrendous offensive line and uh, no receivers, whatever, whatsoever to speak of does not help the situation. Uh, but uh, hold, I think Darnold was no, no wide receivers. Someone on this show told me last year that Denzel Mims is basically the good Michael Thomas. Wait, I said that Denzel Mims is the good Michael Thomas. No, Tim did. Oh, uh, well, I was going to say that. I don't remember saying that. That's, um, that's bold. Uh, even Denzel Mims only played half the season, right? Uh, Jameson Crowder is by far and away the best receiver he, he's had. I mean, and when Crowder was injured, you saw Donald's numbers plummet. I think, like, listen, I think he's going to be an average to below average guy in Carolina. I think the Jets did a good job getting a second round pick for him and continuing to add capital because they were going to go a quarterback anyway. And you don't bet the entire farm on Sam Donald after three years of nothing. The best chance, the best argument I can make for Donald being a success is the fact that he's not playing for Adam Gase anymore. And we've seen what that means for so many different players. Elliot Christ, you can follow him on Twitter at Elliot Christ. That's one L, Elliot, if you were confused about that. Also, ftnbets.com to find all of Elliot's bets up there right now. There's the free picks. There's also the premium package. Use code Mayo on the premium package. Get yourself a discount today. Remember to smash the like and stay tuned. We got more draft talk coming up with 
maybe some insane people. Maybe one, maybe two of them. I don't know. Coming up right after this. As you know, I've been trying to cut down on carbs and sugar and unhealthy food and realized I basically can't eat anything anymore, so I just started eating unhealthy foods again. But enter some Magic Spoon. Of course you know about Magic Spoon. Zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Only 140 calories per serving, too. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. And we've got some exciting news. Magic Spoon has released a super delicious new flavor, birthday cake. Sounds incredible. Birthday cake Magic Spoon will be available in a special five-pack for a limited time only, so get it while you can. Or build your own box. Available flavors to build your own custom bundle are cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, and cinnamon. I would just get all fruity because it rules. And if you're listening from Canada where I listen from, Magic Spoon now ships there as well. Essentially, it's this. Magic Spoon is a great breakfast. It's a great snack. Whatever you want, it's just delicious. I come home after work. I'm not looking to carb up even before I eat dinner. The kids are running around. I don't have 30 minutes to make something like super fresh in terms of like vegetables and all that. That's very time consuming. I got to watch the kids and I'm starving at this second. Magic Spoon. It works. It's delicious. Go get it. So go to magicspoon.com slash mayo to grab the new limited edition birthday cake or a custom bundle of cereal to try today. And be sure to use our code mayo, that is M-A-Y-O, for those of you who don't know how to spell mayo because you're morons, at checkout to save $5 off this order. This order is now good anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, but only when you use our code, that's MAYO, at checkout. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it, for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash mayo and use the code mayo to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. If you're a fellow whose resting body temperature rivals that of Las Vegas pavement mid-July, standard antiperspirants probably don't give you much relief. But before you resign yourself to a life of perpetual pit stains, know this... Duke Cannon Dry Ice Cooling Antiperspirant is made for guys who run uncomfortably hot. Its moisture and friction-activated cooling system is formulated with menthol to give you an all-day sensation of standing under an air conditioner cranked to high, not a heat lamp, stuck on broil. Available in refreshing menthol and eucalyptus and peppermint and musk scents, dry ice uses activated charcoal to effectively combat sweat and stank. And with the highest level of odor and wetness protection allowable, you'll last longer in the heat, and your t-shirts will too. Dry ice cooling antiperspirant, that's the menthol and eucalyptus, 2.6 ounces, $12 each. It has the menthol to deliver instant cooling with a distinctively fresh scent, enriched with activated charcoal to remove toxins while deodorizing moisture and friction-activated cooling system that keeps you cool in the highest, again, allowable sweat protection. Same goes for the peppermint and musk. 2.6 ounces, $12 each. If your internal thermostat feels like it's perpetually set to sauna, pick up a stick of Duke Cannon Dry Ice Cooling Antiperspirant. It'll feel as refreshing as jumping naked into a frigid lake without the risk of frostbite on your undercarriage. Visit dukecannon.com and use promo code MAYO for 10% off your next order. 
Plus, get free shipping with orders over 20 bucks. A curated collection of Duke Cannon products are also available at select Target stores. All right, we've had the expert on breaking down the NFL draft props and the ones that you should bet. So now it's time to bring in the non-experts on the bunch. Well, one guy, I mean, expert's probably a pretty lofty bar. I am no expert when it comes down to this, but I want to talk some draft with my pals. First up on the line, he is not in the studio. He is at home. Get used to it. Jeff Feinberg, what's up? I am excited to talk draft, and I like knowing nothing. Uh, and on the line, as he normally is, to tell us all about how the Jets are going to have the greatest draft in the history of time, how Sack Wilson is the greatest QB he's ever seen, it is Tim Undergust. Tim Undergust. That's not my name and not my opinion. What's your opinion, then? My opinion is that Wilson has the potential to be really, really, really good. But I'm still on Team Justin Fields. I still think he's the best QB in this field in this draft. But it is what it is. Okay, so better than Lawrence? Your your Fields better than Lawrence? Is Wilson better than Lawrence too? Yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm not as gaga about Lawrence. I never really was. Wait, some people are. You were. It, I mean, no, hold on. You were that time that it looked like the Jets were going to have the number one pick. What I was accepting was that I thought they were going to take him, not that I wanted him. Uh, there's a distinction there. Look, I, I've accepted <laughs> we're going to have Zach Wilson, and I think Zach Wilson could be really special, and he's a pretty young player. But that doesn't mean I think he's the best QB imaginable, but he could be good. I'm hopeful, but we ruin everything, so maybe he won't be. I, I like that but you, I'm excited. I, I like that you threw in the look how young he is. I mean, that that was your crutch for Darnold for the last three years. And and Zach Wilson, you know, he looks like he's eight years old, so you can just play this off for the next 15 years. Well, if he's there for 15 years, I won't have anything to play off. I, look, I'm excited. I mean, in some ways, the excitement is, is, is snipped a bit because I know what they're going to do with the second pick. But we also have that 23rd pick, and there's talk of the Jets maybe trying to trade up. In the draft, if the players are looking for there, maybe they'll trade out of that pick. Uh, all the mock drafts are all over the place on what the Jets are going to do with that pick, whether it be a defensive back or a t- an offensive lineman or an edge rusher. So that part is is, is what's beginning to excite me, uh, is that what are we going to do with that 23rd pick, which is a pretty solid pick to have. So I'm kind of excited about it. Jeff, Him as, uh, he's already kind of, I could sense, like it's a weak, before the draft or we're in the lead up to the draft and he's he's being very like cautiously optimistic about how he wants to phrase everything like I don't know if you noticed in that past statement uh Pat like he he had to throw in like we ruin everything um and they're in outside of the fact that San Francisco had to give up so much capital to get where they are the Jets I think are in a I mean, they're in a very good spot in the sense they get a chance to get the franchise quarterback, but Tim, he's just going to pick a quarterback. Three are going to go within the next like seven picks after, and then he's just going to be in this entire war with himself. It's almost like two is going to be an afterthought to him because he's got these four quarterbacks in a class that he's going to have to do war with. I mean, if you think I'm below finding fault with all the QBs the Jets don't draft, you're mistaken. I definitely will. Except for Fields, who I think is going to be great. And that means he's going to go to New England and be awesome. I've accepted that reality. He's just special and does things that Lawrence, for example, just cannot do and will not do. Like Some people think the Jets aren't done, like that it could be Fields. 
I, I, I would be shocked given that everyone who seems to know anything about anything has said it's Zach. I can't remember the last mock that didn't have him there. Like Lawrence and and uh, Wilson and Sertan at 10, every single mock has those three guys in that spot every single time. So I'm disinclined to think there's going to be a change. Well, Jeff, uh, I was just on with Elliot Christ, and he gave me J.C. Horn, great horn, first D yeah. player drafted at plus 700. I went and bet that immediately. Seems like pretty decent odds. Yeah, no, he's a hyper athlete that a lot of people are really excited about that might go ahead of uh, that might go ahead of certain. I don't know. It's very possible. They, they're they're um, they're different. I've gotten to sort of read up a bit on on all of them because I think offensive tackle and corner are um, where the Chargers could go. Well, I think 100% the Chargers will go offensive tackle or corner. And in that group, there's about seven players um, that the pick could be realistically probably closer to like three or four players um, from that group. So I've gotten to know Horn um, quite a, quite well, and I'm, it's kind of sad to see him dropping. He's the type of corner the Chargers um, could certainly use. When, when you do your draft research, do you do it like Tim, where you just put in like best highlight reel of blank, and then you only watch the plays where they're awesome? Uh, no, not really. I mean, this time around, my research is just nothing. It's just reading. <laughs> Having a quarterback was the most like mentally exhausting experience ever. And I probably should have done, I mean, just the fact that the Chargers always seemed like they were going to take the third of the three quarterbacks. I don't know why I stressed out about everything so much. They didn't have the choice. That's why, like, I, I like, I'll just sec. I, I'm a big second guesser, I guess, of myself. So that's why, like, being a Jets fan, I'd be so paranoid. We're going to make the pick, and then I'm just going to second guess it the whole time. What's going to be paranoid about? I know who they're taking. It doesn't like I can't change anything. We know where they're going, and like. This is one moment, but know that another shall pierce you with a sudden painful joy, right? There's nothing I can do about it. Maybe the next moment will be great. Maybe it won't be. Nothing for me to stress out about. It is what it is. You bet you're you're going to be on draft night. They're going to take Wilson. You're going to go insane about the entire no, thing. You, you lost your mind last year when they took an offensive tackle. It turned out to be pretty good. Didn't know his name. Didn't want Becky. That was uh, what you had said on the pre-draft show. Then they draft him, and then they put out a like still image of him maybe pushing a truck, and all of a sudden he's the best offensive lineman in the history of time. video of him pushing a truck up the hill that was in reverse and had the parking brake on. No, I'm it, sorry. no it didn't. Now you're, at it. you're adding to the mystique now. I know what I saw, and I was fired up. And Becton, if he stays healthy, is one of the three or four best tackles. In, in football again once again the 11th pick is cash money. you know i gotta i gotta acknowledge i was looking at it and there have been a lot of rumors you know charges are incredibly secret but things pointing them to moving up to to trying maybe to make a splash at left tackle or corner or potentially receiver and i keep thinking about what it would cost to get from 13 to 11 because <laughs> i'd love Christ. to own 11 right now i yeah, love it absolutely Makes what, sense. What, what do you think it would cost? Uh, a second rounder to, to two spots. Feel like that isn't worth it. Yeah, probably not. Maybe if they could get away with the third rounder, the con a compensatory pick they have because they have two third rounders or even their own third rounder, I would do it. But but yeah, I don't know. Seems like that will be um, 
potentially the cost, but I'm not watching any film. I haven't watched an ounce of film. Well, I'm not going to pretend I've watched anyone on film. Last year, though, I did watch a, like everything I could about Tua and Herbert. Like well, everything. Yeah, mock but- draft, draft night, but I don't know whether I should. You did what? You did a mock draft? To put out a mock draft for draft night. You are going to put out a mock draft for draft I'm night. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. Well, but I don't well, know well, well give, us, give us your first five picks. Let's hear them. The first five are Lawrence, Wilson, Jones, Pitts, Sewell. Do you think that Atlanta stays at number four? Yes, I do. Because I don't think any, and, and it's just as far from original opinion, I don't think anybody is trading the farm to draft the fourth quarterback in the draft. So I don't think that, yes. So I think Atlanta will be taking pits, uh, and they should. And I think that the Bengals would be out of their minds to pass on Sewell for a receiver, which is just as much as they need receivers, that's not the place to go. You, you go tackle there. And so that's what I think will be the first five picks. Hmm. I kind of agree with a lot of what he said, except I do think it's very possible the Bengals do take um, a receiver because they would be in a position to still get a good tackle. Well, look, I say this every year. The NFL is full of a lot of stupid teams who make the same mistakes every single year. So there is always going to be a team or two teams or three teams that that do something moronic because that's who they are. And that will never end. Well, they might have been burned. They might feel burned by the John Ross selection at receiver a couple years ago. And, and the Sewell is definitely feels like the safer pick. And yeah. I don't know. I you will see. The Bengals quarterback killed last year because they couldn't block for him. So let's go draft Jamar Chase. Like, I'm sorry, that makes no sense. So maybe the Bengals will do it because that's again who they are. I don't hate receiver for the Bengals if they want to go there. I, I agree with protecting them, but if you can figure out a better scheme to go on and, you know, maybe Burrow comes back and he has a bionic knee that can never be broken again, then everything will be fine. I, I don't know about Atlanta, though. If you're as high on fields, Tim, and now maybe people will hear this and be like, oh, good God, good God, no. And, like, do we really think that there's no chance that he goes to the Niners? I would say 95% Jones, 5% Fields. And yeah, of course, if I were the Falcons, I would take Fields because I think he's that good. But I think Atlanta's going to roll with Matt Ryan. That seems to be the indications we're getting. So Pitts would be a perfect addition to that offense. And the Falcons could be pretty scary offensively next season because of it. Aren't the I think they've not, already... Aren't they, that all, are Arthur's, aren't they already scary on offense, though? Well, we always think they're going to be, and they, they often, more often than not, don't tend to be, if for no other reason than for injury. But, you know, if you add Pitts to that field with a new, uh, you know, play caller, oh, that, 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 that could be special. If I were Arthur Smith, I, I would definitely be excited to have Pitts. I think that's what's going to happen. I agree with Tim again there. I think Arthur Smith has whiteboarded our, uh, Pitts with those receivers, and it'll be really hard to talk him off of it unless – the owner wants to take a quarterback. I don't really understand the, like, obviously if they evaluate one of the two remaining quarterbacks as um, a top, top quarterback, then sure you take him. But if Ryan's going to play at least two years, I mean, so you're already burning um, a large percentage, uh, like 40% of the rookie contract and then you're quickly going to be forced into a long-term discussion if a guy gets drafted fourth overall guys he's going to play 
He's going to play. The Dolphins started Tua last year with a winning record, a quarterback, a veteran quarterback that was playing great, all of the Tua offseason injury stuff, and they still felt compelled to start him. There is no sitting. So I don't know. Atlanta, I feel like, has already made that decision by at least committing to Matt Ryan for what feels like at least two more years. They're going to take Kyle Pitts unless someone – you know, blows them away with a trade, but I expect them to execute number four. I mostly agree with that. I would say that the Falcons would be a near carbon copy of the Chiefs sitting Mahomes for his first year because they have Alex Smith. The Falcons would could very well sit their quarterback because they have Matt Ryan. I, I actually think that's a if that's the way they went, I think that's what probably would happen. I mean, I can see that happening, but yeah, but like it, for well, what, hold, like hold seven, on. eight games? But hold on. If if Atlanta trades out of the pick, who trades up for it, Jeff? That's the problem. I can't find a team that Detroit, would be first, uh, uh, Denver? fourth QB in the draft. Who's doing that? Denver? I, Niners gave up way too much for the third QB in the draft. Uh, I, I just don't see it happening. Denver. Sure, but like, who are they bidding against? So why would they offer enough? No, I do think we get, I do think we do get a bit of a, like, I do think we get a bit of a game of chicken at four through six, and those three teams get to go execute the picks and take those two great um, the great tackle and the offensive skill players in no particular order go, you know, right. Four through six, assuming no one trades. I don't, I don't know. I, Trey Lance or Justin Fields, I guess it does represent a good opportunity to have a guy be a developmental quarterback, but I, I don't know. Come like week seven, I would expect anyone drafted fourth overall to be playing. Well, it's based on what I've heard so far that Tim has a 95% stake that that was his percentage of the Niners taking Mac Jones and a 5% on Justin Fields. Should we just go bet Trey Lance number three, Jeff? As someone that like eats up a lot of this, um, like NFL media, um, that the internet has provided us like in a world in which like women who stayed home during the day used to be able to watch like, um, daytime, like uh talk shows like tim does now the internet is the internet has provided all of these like football guys to do like these like daytime football shows and not all of them are like all football but it's draft season so they are have become all football and from eisen to patrick to, to florio I, i'm kind of taking it all in to be honest because i love the nfl draft and Anyone who has spent any time or claims to have any relationship with Kyle Shanahan is adamant that he's taking Mac Jones. If if Kyle Shanahan doesn't take Mac Jones, the biggest loser to me is Chris Sims. Like you like in that sort of sense. Like the guy's like, no, everyone acknowledges he's really good friends with Kyle Shanahan. This guy's been screaming forever that he's taking Shanahan and I don't think Shanahan's like paying his buddy to ruin his reputation (laughs) to have him um, be wrong on a pick and I don't think Shanahan's told him the pick but what I do think is Shanahan knows exactly what the Jets are doing because of the relationship that exists there which even made it more him more comfortable in making the trade and and I believe that he knows exactly who he's going to be picking 
And I think it's going to be Mac Jones because I'm dumb enough to believe it. Well, Chris Sims can't fall any farther down the list after Tim continuously just texts us threads about Chris Sims talking up Zach Wilson and how he's actually the secret best quarterback in this draft. So, Chris Sims, I'm sorry. Tim's a big fan. You're fucking cursed, pal. (laughs) Every time I see it, it makes me happier and happier. Tell us about Mac Jones, Tim. I think Mac Jones is a better version of Ken Dorsey from college, which is to say a winner, but a prototypical game manager who is accurate, but nothing special. I don't think he runs enough for the pro quarterback position these days. I think he isn't immobile either, but I just think he's, he's neither feast nor famine. He's, I, I don't quite know what to make of him. And I just don't see him. I mean, I will say to his benefit, and I mean, I mean, this is setting the bar really low, of course, but all the Alabama receivers say they far preferred him over Tua. But again, that's you know, setting the bar really low. Uh, so is he, so he's, he's like Kirk Cousins, right? But maybe a little worse version of Kirk Cousins, maybe better. I don't know. Certainly not worth the cap. Hold on. If, if someone was a slightly better Kirk Cousins, they would, I mean, we, we have these projections for Lawrence that he's like an Andrew Luck type figure. So if he's not awesome, he instantly loses because that's what people expect from him. If anyone else in this draft can be as good as Kirk Cousins is right now, they're going to be the second best quarterback in this draft. Okay, but that the, the Niners have to not, have to also justify what they gave up to get him to. And, and I they, just they, don't. They, they don't have to justify anything. They've already done it. <laughs> yeah, but the franchise does have to if you consider what its value is to that team. So I don't know, man. I'm just what, what... I'm not super stoked about him. I don't think he's a complete nutter bust. Like, I think of all the QBs that could, I shouldn't say this because this is dumb, but I think of all the QBs who could flame out, I think Lawrence is the likeliest. But I don't don't like what I see. What do you see? What do you know? What are you talking about? Bad decision making. I can send you some videos of some bad picks. So, so, Tim, are you doing the scouting (laughs) thing where you're looking at, when you type into YouTube, you're like, Sack Wilson, Soft Sack Silson, the new Triple S in New York, potentially. Great highlights, great touchdown passes. Then you watch those for five minutes, and then you're like, show me every bad play from Trevor Lawrence. But that's all you watch? You're like, he's garbage. Because that sounds like something you would do. I don't have enough hours in the day to watch that. Oh, really? Oh, really? You don't? Even if there was that much game film, I think you have the time. Anyway, I mean, listen, I'm not predicting a bust. That's why I said I shouldn't have said that. But I just think, I don't know. I'm just I'm not as, as enthused as those guys. I don't I don't think Jones is gonna be a bust. I just don't think you put on Twitter he's gonna be in the CFL in five years. I was being a troll when I did that. That that was me just being a troll. I don't actually believe that. Uh I mean the last time we spoke, you said he was trash. Well, again, I guess I've softened my view a little bit. I don't think that. Is that because not- there's an outside chance that the Jets take him at number two? No, not at all. I, I've I just don't think he's as good. As some people say, I think to have him go third is foolish. There are several QBs I'd rather Lance. I certainly would rather Fields than than him. I I don't see it, but so be it. You know, if that's what the Niners want to do, go ahead. But I don't. I, I just am not enthused. Can we can we get your, can we can we get your scouting breakdown of Trey Lance? By the way, I haven't watched much of him only because I know the Jets aren't going to draft him, and he's not going to be. It's- a choice so i really don't i haven't i'm my opinion is unformed on him it's he is really intriguing and i actually started watching some stuff on him last year 
Um, certainly didn't watch anything since, and not that he's done any anything in in the last year. But a lot of people, you know, when talking about Mac Jones, seem to believe like there's a potential Atlanta would take Fields or Lance, but there's no chance they would take Mac Jones. Like no chance. And maybe that's because he's more pro ready and it wouldn't allow um, them to do what they wanted to do per se. But I don't mean Lance, what, 17 games? The guy's never run a, a two minute drill, but I'm so intrigued. And I get a root for all these guys. I'm a fan of all of them. That's what's exciting. I don't have to hate on any of them. Yeah, well, I mean, now, the, now that you don't have now now that you don't have to hate on them, it's all just gravy for you. But like, what, what if we threw Jordan Love back in this class? Like, where would he go amongst these guys? Like, I have no idea. Do you have any thoughts? I, yeah, I that's I have no idea. That those are the questions I like to ask. Or where would last year's class as a whole go against this year's class? Um, even before the like before the season. Um, I mean, that that's a know. that's a completely different conversation because obviously Herbert and Burrow probably and Tim, you have a big thing that uh, if they were to redraft today and Lawrence was in this draft that Herbert, knowing what we know now, would go ahead of Trevor Lawrence, right? Yes, I think there's a lot of people who wouldn't want to admit that. But if we're being honest with ourselves, of course we would. And it, it's the simple fact that said to Jeff that the Jaguars would trade the first pick for Herbert in a heartbeat and the Chargers wouldn't consider it. And we all know that that's true. So like that speaks for itself. Put yourself in the Chargers GM position. And what would you do? Would you accept that trade for the first pick to take Lawrence? Or would you keep Herbert? Of course you would keep Herbert. You'd be, it would be malpractice not to. Lawrence has great potential, right? That's all it is. Potential. As I told Tim, because this has been a topic that has come up on a lot of these sort of daytime NFL sort of talk shows. Yeah, that but, I reference. but that that's only because people need content to fill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, but I'm flattered that I that is like I'm flattered they can turn that into a discussion. I don't know. Who and like a year, a year ago, like a year from now, a year ago, the Chargers got Herbert, and it's like in a year from now, you will realistically get a legitimately debate him versus Trevor Lawrence. Like I'm, I'm a pig in shit. Like rolling in this stuff. Like I'm in heaven. I mean it. Yeah, I mean <laughs> I don't know who the first pick in the draft was in the NBA the year after MJ, but I'm sure the uh, the Bulls wouldn't have traded MJ for that pick. Uh, the Chargers were in the same spot. So Trevor, Trevor Joe, or Justin. This Herbert. is the second time you've compared Herbert to Michael Jordan. <laughs> Once was on Twitter like a month ago, and now this. What? What's the matter with you? Nothing. You think that there's nothing wrong with you? I, I don't. I just think Herbert's a really special player, and more importantly, we he, we saw it at the NFL level. Lawrence has maybe Lawrence will be great. I mean, a lot of people think he will, so maybe he will be. But Lawrence, Lawrence it, will be great. Well, maybe he will be great. It's potential. The fact that you think it, it's literally impossible, he's the fifth worst quarterback in the class. Like, oh, it's impossible. impossible. It's impossible is it? Okay. Yeah, it's it is. It's impossible. It's impossible. Listen to yourself. We, like, you just said to start this show that you know you love that you don't know anything, but what you but you just assert. Well, actually, I do know something. Yeah, the guy that's getting Elway and Luck comps is not going to be where Josh Rosen is in two years, and one of these five guys is, but it's not going to be him. It won't be. It will not be. Well, I hope you get all his paninis and all of his <laughs> silver ones and red ones and green ones and one with the the Jaguars jersey patch and whatever else you need to get. Like you might as well go stock up because how could you can't miss. I'm you not, know? I'm not there. 
I collect one one player, but 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 I think those cards are pretty. I don't think those cards are gonna rock bottom. I mean, because it's speculation. Is is Lawrence gonna be able to live up to the speculation? Like in that hype? That's a different question. Is he gonna be? There's zero chance he's five. Like zero. Okay. I, I want to circle. I five, I, hold on. I want to circle back to you saying that you don't think that there's anything wrong with you. Do you mean because of this opinion? I meant just in general. I meant in general as well. No, that's that's the wrong <laughs> answer to that one. I'm sorry to tell as you. As you long said, now I'm no longer the insane person on the show. Uh, well, nope. if people should know, the custies are going to be released in almost a week from today, and there is a specific question in the custies of who will we present the award to for most insane on the show and. You guys, are, you guys are one and two. What order do you fall in? Have to tune into the Custies to find yeah. out. Well, I need to say something. I mean, the cat's sort of out of the bag on your situation, Pat. Uh, and I, I am. Pretty- I, I don't know if it is or not. Oh, okay. No, you, 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 can, you, can put, this- you, you can put it out there. It's fine. No, but I am worried, you know, as the future is upon us, that, that you are going... There's going to be... I'm worried that the future is going to bring a role reversal. Like, I feel like the guy on the outside of the operation is more likely to be able to be, is able to come off as the insane person. So I'm going to say this right now. I'm very confident that Tim crushed me in winning this award this year. But I feel like the new show dynamic, like there's no way I don't draw higher. I don't pull higher next year. I, I just feel like all the strings get will get pulled with the person not there. Um, well, I'm playing. I, I was going to say that there's no guarantee that Tim is going to be in studio. We might just have to keep him on the line. I don't know if I can deal with him in person. <laughs> oh, I think you can. So you have that going for you. As long as we don't put insane person next to your name on a graphic, because we have you by video. Tim is still just doing it by phone or board, so we can just put insane person. Unless he loses some sort of bet where we have to get that tattooed on his face or something. I think you're probably pretty good. Tim, I feel like you just lose all credibility when you like paint this picture that Lawrence isn't good. Well, this is why I hesitated before saying I really shouldn't say this. But look, I have to speak what I think is true, and what I think is true is that he's not a superstar. Are you saying you have I to? Li- are you saying you have to live your truth? I didn't say that. I just said I don't buy the luck to a lesser extent because luck was fine, but luck was not an all-time great Hall of Fame QB. Uh, he's not an Elway. He's not. I, I, I don't see that. I think he could be, and probably will be. You're right. A perfectly fine QB, even a very good QB. But I don't see all time here in him. Because one of these five guys, like the, the the math just shows us, like one of these five guys is not in is gonna in three years not have a job, like not be a starter. That's right. And you're right to say he it almost certainly won't be him. Okay, fine. But I also don't think he's going to be an automatic pencil him in as a Pro Bowl QB either. But I don't mean I don't mean he'll still be a starter in three years because his leash is gonna be longer than the guy that goes ninth overall he's gonna not like i don't know i I I can't i don't i'm in in like your vortex i don't want to be in it i know well i know how dare anybody say anything other than this is the greatest quarterback since christ walked on water i I know and and, and again no one is saying that that is now you just living your truth again when was the last time you heard a negative word spoken about uh, trevor lawrence's draft potential probably the game that he lost to fields 
Yeah, and then that just people just stop talking about how in on multiple occasions, whether it be against Burrow or when it be, be against Fields, that when the moments are biggest, he doesn't play the best. But you're not allowed to say that. That's against the rules. You have to. I believe. I believe that everyone said it at the time, and then they went back and looked at it and looked at his body of work. Like, now this guy's still great. Maybe he will be. We will see. Clemson doesn't play very many good teams. I mean, they do in the playoffs. Well, this year they got drummed out in the first round, and then when they played LSU two years ago, Joe Burrow drummed them out again. So I'm just saying, look, take a deep breath. Maybe he'll be perfectly fine and, and good. I think some of the comps are way overboard, and I don't buy them. Jeffrey, do you have any props yeah. that you want to bet on? Uh, I have made a bet. It's quite sizable, and it did come with juice. Uh, it was minus 180, and I bet over 17 and a half offensive players in the first round. The smart people have told me that 18 is probably a push. Um, so I, 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 and I would even consider betting it now with maybe some of the updated juice at the 18, but 17 and a half, um, five quarterbacks, six offensive linemen, uh, at least five receivers. And now that brings us to 17 and all indications tell us that we are going to have a running back go in this first round. And so many of the teams at the back end of the first round, I think have needs at very deep receiver and or um, offensive line. So I'm very excited about hitting that that bet on uh, Thursday night. So say, say it again. What was it? Over 17 and a half offensive players in the first round. Okay, I can get I can get behind that because especially if a run on O lineman goes early, then like second round O lineman will start going in the first round because a lot of these teams at the back end will just stockpile offensive linemen. Yeah, I don't and I, if like I don't like know if a running back goes though. Like okay, maybe not, but even if if like the Bengals go chase, I see them trading into the back of the first round to get an offensive lineman they grade worthy enough. Like they've done a favor for Burrow by getting Chase. And but they have to make sure they get a tackle that they they approve of. You got any props, Tim? I, I don't have any props per se. Uh, <laughs> so no is the answer. No, but I you said I, I guess I will for the people put out a first round mock draft night so they can either give me praise or criticize me for being right or wrong. Are you doing like a full 32 team mock draft? Yeah. So you're going to have to like Google these players to find out who they actually are, right? Just one edition. Are we going to get like a, an edition one and a final no, edition? No. There's only one edition. The edition I tweet out Thursday afternoon or whatever. See, that's bad SEO, Tim. You should be doing that on like Tuesday. So well, whose mock value are, whose mock draft are you just plagiarizing? I'm not plagiarizing anyway. I'm going to use. But you don't know like 20 through 30. I'm going to use thy time to do a little bit of research, look at some tape, and make <laughs> whatever the cost may be. I'm going to I'm going to put it out there, and if people want to mock me, go right ahead. But if I if I hit 32 out of 32, that will almost <laughs> yeah, be. Tim, yeah, yeah, you're right. If you what, what, you what, 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 what would you like if you hit 32 out of 32 <laughs> in your fucking you mock draft? <laughs> more credit than I got for my perfect survivor season. What do you, dude, if you hit 32 out of 32, you'll be a king. You'll be like on the panel next year. Really? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. If, if you got 32 out like of five of them. Jesus Christ. We're doing a good mock, like a, a great mock. Okay, well, what's the over under you think I can hit? So there's 32. Th well, 
right player, right slot. Team is not as important. It's right player, right slot. Of the 32, first to 32 in their position, what's my over-under on getting them right? Okay, so I want people to put this in the comment section right now. What do you think a, a realistic, an actual win for Tim? Not Tim's like, oh, if I get over one and a half picks right, I'm the big winner here. Ha, ha, ha. Like, if you get over seven and a half, I will give you an outstanding amount of credit. He, the thing is, this draft seems to have a little more. Like, if he can nail the first three, he'll be in really good shape. So that, like that, this that, draft, that, that's why I said it at seven and a half, though, because you can get the first three. But then if Mac Jones is at number three, you're he's right. Get you're like right. You're right. right. It only takes like a couple things to shake up the whole map mock. And you're right, Pat, in the sense that if it wasn't as given at the top, you probably would make it like a four and a half or a five and a half. But yeah. Such a victory lap. Well, what, not, what what happens when you get like three right? Well, then I will tip my cap to people who are much smarter than I am who do the mocks, and then I'll know how hard it is. Are but, you going to put trades? No, well, I don't think so. I think I'm, I think I'm just going to proceed as whatever the board looks like Thursday morning. That's the way I'm going to line it up. Because well, that's that's not the way to do it. You have to be if you think that there's going to be trades that are made. That's the only that's your only path to getting all 32 right, Tim. That don't matter. It's just the player in the slot that matters. No, you need to have matter. the team. You need to have the team. It doesn't matter if some team trades up to four for pits or the Falcons take pits. As long as I have pits at four, I get the check mark. No, I disagree with that. It's just got to be the player in the slot because you can't predict trades, and it wouldn't be fair to anticipate trades that you could never have seen coming. The only fair thing to do is to look well, one. Your mo- you got to line them up correctly. Tim, I'll give you like plus 200. You don't get not over nine and a half. That's I mean, nine and a half. That's not very low. good, by the way, Jeff. You should really give him like nine to one on that. But he just said that seemed very low. <laughs> but I also, but I also don't know. Maybe it was extraordinarily much harder than I thought it was. I just looked at it and thought, I could do this. What do the like the mocker, the, the top mock guys are happy probably when they, if they hit eight, aren't they? Or nine? Yeah. I, I have no I mean, idea. this year is different because you do have a little uh, tablet set at the front. No, this I'm year, just... this year we think is different. So past one and two, I still think it's a complete crapshoot. I just think it would be fun. And uh, I wanted to try it. And uh, I'm not afraid to put my, my mock out there and let people decide what they think. You started this conversation thinking that people go 32 for 32. I kind of thought like you go like 28, 29. (laughs) That's not like what the best guys do. Or is this like baseball where that'd be like a baseball player hitting like 900? Just about to say, is it or is it like if you hit 350, uh, you've done yeah, baseball. If you hit 350, you get a job at Bleacher Report. Look, I will plead ignorance here because I don't know and I'm not going to pretend to, but I'm. I'm going to try my hand. But hold on a second. Yeah, no, no, hold on. I, I want to jump in on this one. How do you not know? You read like yeah. 38 mock drafts every year. Exactly. Then you watch the fucking draft. How do you not exactly. know Exactly. I don't remember. that. By that point, we've drafted somebody. My mind is on the Jets players or how much I don't like someone to win in the Miami draft. So like that from my mind is at that point. I don't circle back to see who got how many out of whatever. It just never occurred to me. Who do you hope uh, Miami ends up taking here? Um, for Dolphins fans, they should take the best receiver available. Then who's that? The way I would line it up, it would be Chase. Then I am very worried. I would say this. If they draft Kyle Pitts, I, as, as I will be, 
I will stop saying anything negative about Tua. I don't know how Pitts gets there if, unless the Falcons get like a ridiculous offer for a quarterback. Well, would the Bengals, the, the Falcons go quarterback and the Bengals go offensive line? In that instance, it would happen. I just think it's not likely, put it that way. I think what it would take for Atlanta to give up on taking Pitts, I think would have to be extraordinary. And I wouldn't anticipate a team giving up that type of capital uh, to move up there. Denver but- might. They, they might. Can I tell you, I'm actually fearful, f- so fearful. I hope Denver does because there's all every sing- all those veterans, like Denver seems like such a fun, a soft landing spot for a lot of these veterans that I assume come to the market next year. So I'm actually worried that that's, yeah, I've been- I'm going to do a 2.0 Peyton Manning and sort of salvage the gaps and John Elway's horrible QB GM president resume. I've been trying to hype up the Broncos for years, but I'm so off them this year. I couldn't be more Uh-oh. tired of it. That's, that, that's great news for Broncos fans of this show. have been wanting to sending death threats to Tim for the past three years. You can all <laughs> rejoice. He's finally off your fucking team. Yeah, uh, the chiefs and chargers are so much better than everyone. Else. Oh, thanks buddy. Uh, Je- Jeff, who do you hope the chargers actually draft? Like realistically draft at 13. Uh, I want to say realistically, because uh, well, the written their owners, uh, you know, to, to recommend through DMs. Is no, no, listen, I'm already, that's not, I'm not that stupid. Like, uh, I don't, as much as it could say that I actually did it to encourage a move at head coach, I want to say I'm not dumb enough to think like that they actually do employ scouts that like pay attention to this all year long. So I'd never make a draft suggestion. Like that is not low. Firing your coach is like very elementary. Like even like moms know the coach needs to go sometimes. Um, no respect, no offense to the moms of the moms. Realistic, Rayshon Slater would be a dream draft. If somehow things get a little silly or maybe we can move from 13 to 11, Slater would be a dream draft. After Slater, I think I want to go get one of those three corners. It would probably be Horn or, or Fairley. And if Slater, Horn, and Fairley are gone, and obviously Sewell and Sertan are gone, uh, maybe I want to trade back. But I don't think we could leave the first round without a left tackle. So uh, Christian Derisa, I guess, might be the realistic guy. But Rayshon Slater, fingers crossed. Okay, so I do want to ask two questions to Tim Undergust. Tim Undergust. Not my name. One, who do you hope the Jets take with their second pick? Uh, well, I mean, I have to stay consistent. I would be delighted if it was Fields, but I'm accepted that it's Wilson. No, with their second pick, I'm sorry. Like, with the Jets' oh, actual so second pick. I thought you meant... Uh, no, not the number I, two pick. I'm sorry. I no, that, that, I, that was poor phrasing on my part. I can see how that's confusing. I want them to take Asante Samuel Jr., the cornerback out of Florida State. We need defensive back help. I mean, I feel really old that there's an Asante Samuel Jr. and a Patrick Sertan Jr. in this draft. And I remember. see Horn is, isn't that Joe Horn's son too, buddy? Yeah. Is it really? Wow. Okay. Fair enough. But anyway, Asante Samuel Jr., the corner out of Florida State, that's who I have my heart sort of set on at 23. But you can't get too excited about anybody down in the 23rd pick because. There's so many different permutations and combinations that could happen. But no, uh, no, that, that's, that's not true. You're going to go 30, 30, 32 for 32 in your mock draft. How is it that hurt? You make it sound like it's like getting a perfect NCAA bracket. I, I'm going to uh, 
I, I am probably going to mock him at 23 to the Jets. Okay. We'll see. Well, that's good for the bets that uh, that I talked about with Elliot, where his over-under in draft right now is 41 and a half. So just take the under on that. It's almost even money. Wow. 41 and a half for who? Samuel? Asante. Yeah, for Samuel Jr. Wow. Uh, so, all right, so question number two, Tim, because you're this mock draft expert, draft expert, uh, tell me all you know about Jamie Newman. I don't know a whole lot about Jamie Newman, to be frank. Give me a, but, give me a school. Uh, I mean, the, he's the quarterback, right? Just, just tell me all about him. I mean, from what I remember, because I don't know, because the Irish are supposed to play Wake Forest this year, and the game got canceled. So I didn't get to see him play. So I really don't have much an opinion on him. I don't think he's going to go in the first round. I don't think that any of the QBs other than the top five are going in the first round. So I really don't have much to say about it. Okay. Well, he's a thousand to one to be the number third overall pick. That's why I bring him up. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he has better odds of being the number three pick than you have getting like 10 things right in your mock draft. Fair enough. Listen, I probably have bitten off way more than I can chew, but it'll be fun anyway. It'll be a fun. It's literally like surviving the Arctic, falling from space. Like it's literally that's an that you literally just said you could. I don't know. Just get a hole in one on a par four or something. Par five, twenty eight or twenty nine in a mock draft. I don't know. Well, we get on and then to play the ignorance to it, as, as Pat as Pat mentioned, where you literally eat these things up every single year and you watch the draft. So you never make the correlation that, whoa, this shit got way blown up. All right. Yeah, but you, you kind of remember having one or two times, like of a pick. Anyway. Okay, so Tim, where would you have like Rondell Moore going? What's a good fit for him? I don't know. Do you know who that is? I've heard I, the- I do. Yeah, I know you do, but I'm, I'm asking mock draft Tim here. Yeah, but I didn't know the other guy. Uh, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I know he's a, I know he's a wide receiver. Tim's doing some good googling I, over there. I don't know enough about him to be confident. All right. Do you think you'll have him in your mock draft? I know. I do remember at one point the Jets were mocked to him at twenty three. I do not want them to go wide receiver, uh, but you know maybe he'll be at the back end of the first round. He's somebody that a team that is good but needs wide receiver help pretty badly, like the Titans, for example, might go after. The uh, Titans gave up let a very, very, very good wide receiver walk, uh, and they may need to replace <laughs> They could. Uh, six to one for Tennessee to draft a defensive player in the first round. So Elliot was kind of keen on that one, too. Not that they're necessarily going to draft a defensive player, but that just seem like odds that are kind of off. So I might just go inquire to see if my book has the same thing. But you can find that one on DraftKings Sportsbook. I got to let these guys go. They have a hard out for Tim, for Jeff. I'm Pat Mayo. Smash the like. Leave the comments, sub the Mayo Media Network, and we have a giant mock draft coming tomorrow. So, check it out. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Pat Mayo Experience! feel like I bit off more than I can chew now. No, really. But really, I didn't. it didn't occur to me that it would be, but now I kind of think it probably will be. But I'm going to do it anyway. It'll be fun. Yeah, I, I no, put it this way. Of all the predictions that you put out, I mean, no one expects you to get anything right for anything anyway. And they just hope it's not like the worst case scenario if somehow they're on the same side as you. But no one's going to like look down on you because your mock draft didn't go well. True. So it, this is literally the, the, the 
there's just credit upside and no criticism downside. Unless you get zero. Well, that would be very tough. Or if you got two, you got the first two right because everyone seems to know what they are. Then you got none right after that. That'd be tough. But I, uh, I'm feeling good about it. Experience! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.